Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, March 3rd, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. There's a lot going on outside of the show today. I wasn't planning on getting to this today. In fact, I had an interview that I pushed off until later this week because we're currently under a tornado warning where I am, which seems to happen far too frequently. And I have already this morning had intermittent outages of my power. So should they lose power, I'm most likely okay. You know, facetiously, I mean, who knows with a tornado warning, most likely I'm fine. So don't worry, but I don't want to be on a live interview and have the, the power in and out. So I chose to push that off, but that could happen during this show. So just heads up on top of that, the, the seemingly constant issues I have with the same things I use every single time, just it camera's just not working. So that explains the weird camera view today. Who cares? Let's get into the information because glitch, manipulation, who knows? It only makes me work all the more hard, as you guys know. So let's get into the facts today. Important follow-up from yesterday. Two different important follow-ups that I saw that I think are, are really important right out of the gate, which are in, regarding union workers. As of yesterday, on the ground, reporting I- illness, headaches, nausea. And this is, the, this is the area that we're being told is safe. People are already invited back into it. And we're not talking just around the immediate disaster area. We're talking about just the the general, the, the people involved with the cleanup, working with the community. These people are being reported. It's, I mean, the real thing we need to remember is that the, the, seemingly the entire community is telling us that they're having headaches, nausea, the same stuff. I mean, it's, it's just blowing me away that we're pretending that it's not happening while we have all those reports. It's just like the COVID-19 discussion. They've clearly taken a page out of that book in regard to how to downplay the most obvious thing that's happening. But we also now have the evolution of the dioxin story, which is as of, I think, yesterday or the day before, the EPA has now stepped up and said, we are ordering you to test for dioxin a month after this happened. A month. And we're going to, you already know if you've watched the previous work, why that's just not just irresponsible, almost criminal as far as I'm concerned. But we're going to get into why I think that's now happening and why it was delayed and why ultimately when they find it, as we already talked about, there's the the narrative is already in place. It's going to be a comparison between the background of the current environmental level of dioxin, which is the thing we've talked about in the past, partly on this show about the pre-existing food chain issues and the different things there and how they will test and they will find some. And then it's going to be a debate about whether that is enough a difference and whether that proves that it's connected to this train. And if it is enough difference, is that the fault of the train or something else? And the point is, it's near impossible to prove. And that's where this is going to get mired, if we even get that far. And I think this is probably why, if I'm having to guess into it, just my assumption, just my thoughts, my theorizing around it, if this was an intentional choice, why it was chosen. Because you can create the kind of disaster that is impossible to connect back to you, even though you know that's what's causing dioxins or part of it. I just think this is incredible to see on top of the fact that what they're going to say in general, and we're already reading through this and we'll go through it today, is testing for dioxin. The idea being that they're going to say, I mean, first of all, why we would even trust the groups that are doing this, including the EPA, because of everything we've already talked about. But just the overall point being is that this is developing into a situation that, I mean, we could have written out from the beginning based on the way this was already being discussed, let alone waiting a month, like the, why it took a month to even get to this point. I mean, everything about this is just showing us the level of dishonesty around this, these entities, not just around one story or the other, but who they are, what they are. Now, we're also going to talk about animal, uh, the animal follow-up on this in regard to um, the, 
oh, that's right. I forgot I included something else on this. Well, the bottom line is the follow-up on the animal discussions about how that's being covered, how we have state parks now reporting animals dying all over the parks. Clearly something's going on. And if animals this size can be dying that far away, so you are being affected by this. I think we already know that reality. We're going to go over a couple of studies that I wanted to include that I think are important that we touched on briefly on last yesterday's show. And then, of course, the most important thing in my mind we're going to get into is I have some old documentation, which, again, in the beginning of this, people are pointing at some of these old documents like it was a huge thing. And there's a, this is everywhere. The docs and conversation was ubiquitous. And you'll find a lot of documentation discussing and showing how they knew it was dangerous. So just one of the other, the point is we need to get to more information about the, the overlap of what's happening today on the ground and the cleanup, the process, how they're testing, the amount that's created and what level is dangerous with all this. I've, I've gone through this as best I can today, giving you the tools to look into this for yourself. I, I just think this is as obvious as I've ever seen. So let's go through this today. And I think it's pretty clear that their information is showing that what's happening right now is not only far, far worse than previous examples. And they know that, but that the way they're dealing with it is irresponsible, if not de designed to spread this problem. I mean, it's it, and we're going to finish with the math, the mathematical equation essentially put out by a previous study around dioxin to find out when burning specifically vinyl chloride, how much is produced. Amazing that I'm talking about this on the daily wrap up and we've yet to even hear this conversation on the corporate media. So let's start today. Oh, and, and, and first, just really, to, I want to include this so you guys can go through this. This is just the tag for Ohio. So you can keep this link somewhere and you can keep refreshing it. And every time I do an Ohio show, it'll show up here, as you'll see if we refresh this. Assuming I didn't forget to put the tag Ohio. You'll see the, the newest shows there. I must have forgot to put the tag, which is interesting. In any case, the point is that these, these will have all your Ohio coverage. So you can look back at the, the old work over this last month period and see how, how it's evolved since then. Now, here we're starting with the EPA requiring Norfolk Southern to test for dioxins. March 2nd, yesterday. It's the most obvious question in this whole thing. Why would this not have been discussed in the beginning? All the experts, the soon, the immediately, this, the moment it was discussed, that vinyl chloride is being burned, experts that were involved with this discussion were speaking up and telling us that this is a problem and they need to be testing for it. We saw reporters bring it up in briefings and every time it was pushed off and dismissed. And it's been a month, a month of this being a problem. Because remember, we're not talking about vinyl chloride and dissipation or any kind of things that will dissipate. We're talking about a, a, a persistent organic pollutant, which will which has a half-life apparently of potentially low end of like seven years. We're talking about decades-long things, and that's assuming it doesn't get in your body, which takes much longer. But it is a lasting problem. And the way that this works is it gets once they burn this, and you can see the cloud there, goes up into the sky on dust particles and so on, and the, and the, the dark parts being the carbon of the, of the substance burned. And that's what this is why they know there's dioxins. There are, no matter what, when you burn these kind of topics or uh, uh, substances, but they know for sure that it's a high level because of that burn, which we've heard the experts say. Because the, and the point then is that the dioxins float up into the atmosphere, especially with a burn like this, in this case, and then eventually fall back to the ground. And that's what we're talking about with the ash. We have a specific point about that. We just talked yesterday about people's homes that were engulfed 
in flame or in, in the cloud, as well as just having it go over the top of their farms and having ash fall all over their farms from this cloud, not the dust storm. They try to connect with this in other areas, which is certainly possible, but this direct cloud and ash falling from it. So there's no question what we're talking about. That's what I want to make clear. So why they didn't test for this immediately, knowing that this was exactly the byproduct they created is criminal. A cover up as far as I'm concerned. Probably waiting until this moment, if it is a cover-up, because of now having it be able, basically being able to show, or conflate, rather, the pre-existing background area with what we are seeing today. Now, what's interesting, as I read through this first part, their argument about why they haven't tested thus far, well, there's there's nothing to compare it to. That's actually their argument, except there totally is, because there's an entire body of work around the pre-existing environmental problem, but... Okay, if that's your argument, then why are you testing now? Is there is there suddenly now a background? Well, well, yes, because we're using the environmental background. Okay, well then that is what it was before. So either you lied about there not being a pre a background to compare it to, or you're now doing it and there's still not a background to compare it to. Either one of those, you're making yourselves look ridiculous. I mean, do we not see the inherent dishonesty in that point? Let's read through this. This says the U.S. environment, the EPA is now requiring Norfolk Southern to test for dioxins. After the train derailment, after a month of that, a month of pretending like it wasn't a problem, the release went out Thursday from the EPA. And then the other question we should ask, by the way, is if we hadn't brought this up, if people in the press briefings hadn't asked, would they even be testing for it? The release went out Thursday from the EPA stating that this comes, quote, in direct response to the concerns Administrator Michael Regan heard from the residents in East Palestine earlier this week, likely because they're watching shows like ours. And they're going, why is nobody saying this? Now, we're going to get to how serious this really is and that we're dealing with specifically TCDD, which is the worst dioxin and just so happens to be the most dangerous chemical that we know of. That's I mean, this we're not this is literally the standing, as I'll show you on the EPA's own website. And that directly comes because of the burning of things specifically like vinyl chloride. And I'll show you that on their website, too. So the point is, they knew all of this. And as we know, as Biden told you, they were there within two hours. So they knew they were there. All of this was connected. Previous EPA administrator Deborah Shore said the EPA was not testing for dioxins at the time because there was no baseline to compare it to. Right, the same EPA that already spoke on the record saying that they had no involvement in the decision to burn the the vinyl chloride, despite the fact that we've already proven they were there. Biden said so, and so too did the local people that were speaking as well, saying we had everybody involved. We knew before Norfolk Southern even told everybody else. Everybody was involved with this. So either they didn't care to be involved with a choice, being despite being there and overseeing the situation, which means they're still at fault. I don't buy it for a second. So they chose not to test because they don't have anything to compare it to. My point from before is, yes, they did. First of all, we already know what the problem. There's endless amounts of studies to show you what the concerning level, and I'll show you one of them today, of dioxin is. We're talking parts per billion here, as we've already talked about. Way past that today. We'll get into that, too. The release sent out Thursday says that Norfolk Southern will be required to test East Palestine along with nearby areas. And again, you know, whether that will stretch all the way to, you know, Michigan or New York, you know, how far it goes. Is, I guess, up to them, because, you know, Norfolk Southern has your best interest at heart, right? Or the companies they hire that have been involved with previous covers up cover ups. They all care about you, clearly. Quote, the EPA will require Norfolk Southern to conduct a background study to compare any dioxin levels around East Palestine to dioxin levels in other areas not impacted by the train derailment. Okay, well, here's a just a thought, because that's clearly not very defined, is 
what happens if they go to an area that they tell you is not impacted, but we know has been? And they test for dioxins there and go, well, dioxin levels here is, is this number, which, by the way, I can promise you wherever they're testing is going to be higher than it should be. And they're going to look in, back in Palestine and go, oh, well, it's not that much higher. Well, is that only because you're comparing two dangerous areas? All this stuff overlaps my mind. The same games they played with the vaccine, the same lies and ways they compare false dichotomies. It's the way they manipulate people. Okay, now my point here is that, first of all, we know there's been a pre-existing problem with this in the environment. So as you'll know, you'll find low, very low levels, or compared to this, in most places you'll look because of the already allowance of this by the government that we're talking the same kind of games with, you know, all those uh, corporate or rather plants that you see pumping out all that smoke and all those things, you know, these industrial town. That's what we're talking about. That's not always the same stuff, but all of that, none of that is good for you. The government has allowed, you know, they play games with the number, well, allowable amounts, right? Generally accepted as safe, these kind of terms. When all that really does is allow bad things to happen and they go, well, it's not, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's immediately not dangerous, <laughs> however they want to play this game. But things like glyphosate, for example, you can prove build up in your body. And that's, we're way past that game. That's, we're not coming back from that. Glyphosate, this, this planet has been dipped in glyphosate. We are done for that. And I only say that because of how many studies you can show that prove it's in the clothes you're wearing, the air you're breathing, and on the ground. I mean, it's everywhere. In the piss that uh, the, of every, the urine, excuse me, of every, every uh, member of parliament in the UK. They did an entire study about it to find out and every one of them had glyphosate in their urine. That's how immersed we are in this stuff. My point is that never should have been allowed to happen. That's not okay. That's not an acceptable level. They just make it an arbitrary level and go, that's okay. These are people that are involved, that are corrupt, that are doing this and they don't care. Or at the very least, they're involved with an entity or government that is at some level involved and that ends up stopping things from changing. This is what we are seeing. So here, going back to the point, when they say they're going to simply test other areas, they don't need to do that. There are already levels right now where we know that are at the acceptable levels. And I'll show you this today from the EPA's own information. Well, they will say, considering a Superfund site, one of the sites where they just they label it as a Superfund site, which opens up funding for cleaning and blah, blah, blah. I find it to be a manipulation. Either way, the point is the EPA can deem these Superfund sites. The point is they've done this. And they say, well, if it's over one part per billion, well, that's, that, that just demands we need to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, why do we need them to test these other areas? Why can't they just test the ground soil, find out how much dioxin is there, and say, oh, well, there you go. It's more than one part per billion. You see my point? This is very simple. Now, it says, if dioxins are found at a level that poses any unacceptable risk, how about just any risk? How about that? To human health and the environment, EPA will direct the immediate cleanup of the area as needed. And, you know, maybe two months after we realized the problem, just to be safe, right? Yeah, that, that's, we are, are we okay that we've waited a month now while this has been a problem for everybody living there, breathing in, you know, whatever else is happening. And then we're going to trust that they're going to be that, diligent everywhere else or lack thereof i just this just blows my mind i just i actually forgot to dive into this i forgot i'd opened this let's just look at it since i have it open protective covers of hazmat tank cars melted in ohio derailment melted aluminum on valves possibly degraded their performance i think this has to do with the train the crash in general a federal safety advisory urges railroads to examine their fleets yeah little too too little too late right both Trump administration and Biden administration, right? We're at the point where we're now going, oh, now we need to change. Well, now because you now have a reason to justify reimagining things. Tank cars carrying vinyl chloride, the train derailed, let's see, the melting aluminum soaked into pressure relief devices to regulate internal pressure. 
overheating. The, the NTSB did not make final conclusions. Yeah, I'll come back to this. I mean, something about this feels like it's not going anywhere important at the moment, but we'll, this that wasn't intended to be included. I, I just opened it up and forgot it was there. So anyway, you, I'll, I'll include it in the show notes so you can read it. Either the point, this looks like it related to like why this thing all happened, right? Which is kind of where they want us looking as opposed to what they're covering up on the ground, as far as I can tell. Here is Aaron Brockovich on the ground. What, again, again, following up. Now, regardless of what you think of her or anything else around it, I think it's interesting just to see that this is so easy. To, like She's there talking to people on the ground. As anybody else is doing, you'll find the same response, but yet not hear the same things on corporate media, which shows you a blatant cover-up for whatever reason they think. Wherever they tell themselves that this is all a bunch of Republican conspiracy theorists, just by default because Ohio, which is not actually the truth, obviously. There's plenty of people that in all of these areas that are both not Republican as well as aware of both sides being ridiculous, right? That, that that's the But they all want... Whether or not they look at them like that or some other reason, it's clear that they're not relaying what they're telling you from the ground. We all see that. So here's what Aaron Brockovich is telling us about what she heard, and it's the same thing. Her point being something is not right here. Hi. They basically, she basically asked, you know, what's going on on the ground. It's hard to hear it. Good morning with some of the residents. So I've spent all morning with some of the residents, and I'm very upset. Obviously, they're very upset. I, I just could not believe the amount of information coming in that they have, that they want to share, that it seems like nobody is listening to. They are so afraid. They get so many mixed messages. You know, and you, you can't, you got to, you know, even people like her, someone who's been aware of how the establishment will step on you is still going to stand up and say that nobody's talking about it. Right. I mean, does she, is she unaware of all the independent media? It's not just T-Lab. There's a lot of people pointing this stuff out a lot. And yet still, even someone like her will stand up and say that, you know, that nobody's coming. Now, whether she knows we're covering it, and she just doesn't consider us anybody. Right. It's more more the reference point is nobody in the corporate media is talking about it. And I do get how that ends up being the way it's stated. Either way, we got to stop doing that. Right. Let's all acknowledge that the, the new media, the court, the independent media, whatever you want to call it, the body of it, which, by the way, does include people that might get it wrong, that might intentionally lie or might be completely partisan and invaded in their mind and lie to you for that reason. Either way, it also includes a lot of people that just do good work and are diligent and care about the truth. And they matter as the media. They are the media, as far as I'm concerned. We're, we're really talking media versus propaganda. And yet, the, so her point is, nobody in the propaganda is covering, well, shocking, because they're not media, they're propaganda. Now, I'm not hating on her. I just think it's interesting how that... I mean, even even pro- I've, I've even probably said some said something similar in, you know, passing where you're just kind of making a general point and it comes out like nobody. But, you know, really, a lot of people are I just, even even myself. We all got to start getting away from the, the framing as if they are the focal point, essentially. Right. Getting a total runaround. They want help. They make a phone call. It goes to Norfolk. Then it says call EPA. EPA says call Norfolk. They don't know where to go. They want to leave. They don't have the means to leave. People aren't coming back. Their animals are sick. Their animals are dying. I've just seen pictures of them who go to their own doctor with holes in their throat. Or they're being diagnosed with chemical respiratory illness. Or the- I mean, This is the point. This is just like the story. And I'll, 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 I'll show you again the, the, 
discussion I had with the woman from the veterinary hospital. Right. I mean, th- these are they're reporting confirmed poisoning in people as well as animals. And yet we're quibbling about this. Oh, it must be the other poison that leaked over there, which, by the way, as I say that, probably not that far fetched, realizing how many times this seems to be happening all over the place that we're only just now discovering. That's how corrupt these people are. The government we're talking about, not just one side of it. But just think about how crazy that is. That's we're diagnosed. And yet we're debating this. Or they are, you know, whatever, the establishment. These rashes that obviously look painful. Listen, this has been going on. Remember the rash, by the way. I'm going to reiterate that point from the other day about the rash and how that is a direct consequence of the, in fact, the framing of dioxin as the chemical weapon and the way it was used to attempt, attempt to assassinate a Ukrainian president. That's one of the main parts of the, the rash, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. And we tried to overlap that with vinyl chloride in the beginning, but it's still persisting, which, in my opinion, seems to clearly suggest dioxins. But again, these are just observations because everything's being withheld at the moment. For three weeks since the initial crash, I think we're pushing a month now, actually, March 3rd. And yet nothing has really been done that is really giving them any kind of help or answer it's so frustrating it's classic cover-up in an environmental disaster and running the people around and that is really the disgusting part of this right i've said something similar like the fact that we even have the ability to say or like the 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 situation obviously to say the classic cover-up like think about what that means this is not new guys this is what they do and we all seem to know that, and yet we the partisan game keeps us divided. Yeah, that same old broken record, because I swear it's the only thing keeping this broken thing float, afloat right now. In hopes that they don't figure it out or we all go away and nobody's none the wiser when they are literally going to be the sitting ducks here. They will be the sitting ducks that don't know their future, that are terrified. And the lack of mismanagement here is un believable or rather the mismanagement is what she meant to say obviously you have i mean everybody's seen the pictures the pictures i was seeing up close what was burning the smells it was very overwhelming to have such a close perspective today of what they went through and i'm still absorbing honestly their fear and their turmoil. And I've been on a lot of environmental situations and I've never seen anything in my life be so mismanaged, ever. You give an all clear, but yet you don't have any data, really, to prove that it is all clear. And then when the people come back and they tell you, I'm smelling stuff, we're sick, we're going to the emergency room, I can't breathe, they're just disregarded because everything is safe it's obviously nothing is safe yet now think about the overlap there and i'm not just trying to force this in guys please don't miss how like identical this is it's safe and effective well what about the evidence no no it's safe and effective though we are it's proven right trust the science like there's no there's no debating because that's established already got it like that's that's what this becomes it's the same thing now, whether that's because they did it on purpose because of that and they learned that lesson or just because this is what these companies do. They downplay it. The government covers for them. And they all, this is the same thing. And we hear this from literally everybody that's researched these throughout history. 
We all know this too. I mean, this gets this used to at least be covered by the corporate media when at least they appeared to care about some level of the truth. And then when they come back, they're told, don't drink the water. But then that changed the next day. It's okay to drink the water. So it's safe. It's not. Drink the water. It's not. You're not really experiencing what you are. Yet they're sick. Yet they're- And that also sounds interesting. interesting the same as well, right? The gaslighting back and forth. Use the mask. Don't use the mask. Now use it, but it's not. Now take three. Now take five. You know, this, this is the whole thing. I don't know if that's the, why that's the same or not. Maybe that's just a coincidence. But I just think, you know, there's I think there is something to the psychological side of of putting people in a position of complete insecurity where you just don't even know, not even what they're saying. You're like, I don't even know. They keep changing their mind. So you just get you're in this position where you're just susceptible to anything. Maybe that's the point. They're going to the doctor and every time they try to get answers to the EPA, the EPA is deferring to Norfolk, the very fox that's in the hen house. Think about that. So this is what upsets me. And it takes me all the way back to my days in Hinkley, California. We have another environmental disaster, another corporate cover-up. I'm sorry, something is not right here. Agency failures and a really great community of really great people that deserve answers and not just leave them here sitting and guessing what their future will be. And getting this information takes time. You guys are around town. They're doing all this aeration that could be throwing chemicals into the air. Right. You just had independent testing come out. I mean, that that's the biggest point there on not even just dioxin, right? If there is, in fact, vinyl chloride, how dense it is. We've talked about this. That's why it was drudged up when you scrape the bottom of the river. And if you dig all this up, well, that is going to aerosolize some of this. And that's going to be more of a problem. I mean, it's just there's so many factors to this, and that's why it's insulting for them to tell you that they know any. That's what her point was. They don't know this. There's no definitive data for them to even be able to point at yet to say we know it's not. They just they point at certain areas that have been tested generally in the air. Like they're, they're and frankly, I don't even believe it. I mean, you, that's just my opinion. But how is it we have all of this evidence of people and not just observe, not just reports, but people going to doctors and getting diagnosed with poisoning. But they're going to go. But the air is safe, though. We just tested. You're fine. Oh, so it must be all in your head. Then you must be a conspiracy theorist. Like, that's the way this is going. Telling people that are having neurological seizure or Matadigari in a wheelchair. No, no, no. That's in your head. It's just a stomachache. Like, this is the same kind of thing. It shows it's in the air. And then. EPA Director Regan says yesterday, maybe you should keep the kids away from there. Well, maybe you should have told us that three weeks ago because they've already been down here. Right. It's just awful. And I'm truly, I have spent... <laughs> Get out of the shot, dude. What a what a bad bad form, Jack. Bad I'm morning form. with these people. I am truly upset. I cannot imagine what they've been through. But they all have the same story. <laughs> they were all within this one mile That's radius funny. and outside of it. They have Norfolk wanting to do tests. And they're. Whoa. You guys, you guys still hear me? Well, water is, you know, all these colors. They're worried. That doesn't. They don't know what it means. Let me know if you guys can still hear me. Are we still up? Yeah, it looks like. Okay, it looks like we're still good. I was just lost a little blip there for a second. Seems like it's getting intense here. I hope this doesn't get bad to the weather. <laughs> God, these tornadoes freak me out. What does it mean it smells? What does it mean when I come home, I can't breathe? And then the frustration that they just get run around. Every call to every agency leads right back to Norfolk. 
And I really want to know why they're controlling the narrative. The narrative needs to be this community and what happened to them. They are not stupid. They are not making things up. This is very real to them. And I really hope that everybody will spend time with them and go to their properties. Smell. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know if we got cut out there a little bit or not. It looks like it sounded okay to everybody. Uh, but then, you know, that was the base, the gist of the, for the most part, I wanted just to hear what she's seeing on the ground, what the, 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 you know, it's the same reports that we're telling you and the same information we're hearing from people on the ground, from people that are going there to review the independent experts that have tested. It's, it's the same information yet. You're not hearing any of this in the corporate media, not Fox or not CNN. Now you are there as always, there's a different kind of conversation on Fox versus CNN, but it's it's in its own way, the same kind of obfuscation. And it's the same thing we point out every damn time. Now, here are a couple of quick things I want to point out that thanks a good big shout out to, I believe it was corporate America in the chat last night. Well, that's his handle who pointed this out. And I think this, this is important. I, I'm actually kind of shocked that I didn't look for this because we already saw that TCDD specifically or TCDD. That's you can hear my pup barking in the background. She's getting weirded out by the, the wind and so on. The point being that di- that the TCDD, the dioxin is uh, it creates immune suppression. Right. So it suppresses your immune system. Right. And so that is obviously an overlap to increasing viral infection. Right. So here we are with this. This is actually incredible. Like if you're not that we have to try to find some kind of connection because it could just be a coincidence as always. But if this is something we should ask this question. So if dioxins were just released and potentially, you know, affecting half the country, if that's what some of these people are estimating, that's a very interesting thing that then suddenly there's those people that were uh, compromised are now going to have an increased risk of infection. Now, I mean, I mean that that is something that we should ask if that if, whether or not that would be something that they're willing to create. Not the entirety of the government, or we should ask that question, but or just people involved or individuals. Like the idea that we're afraid to ask those kind of big questions in the corporate sphere is just ridiculous. Are we going to pretend like people in history have never colluded to create something like that or, you know, release things to test and see how it would work? Or, you know, like Operation Sea Spray, where the government tested over San Francisco Bay with known chemical and and biological agents that killed people just to see what would happen? Yeah, they would never do that. Look it up. The point here is that this is the kind of thing that we know they're capable of doing. But this says exposure to specifically TCDD, that's what we're talking about, suppresses immune response and leads to an increased susceptibility to infectious agents. So this is not an up for debate thing. This happened. This released specifically dioxin. We just talked about TCDD. Now, the question is how much we're going to get into that next. So that means the people that have been exposed to this, wherever that late range is that we're still trying to figure out because they're not can, they're not even testing yet, they will have suppressed immune responses. So that means they will be more susceptible to whatever's going on. That's ridiculous. It says, in particular, several studies have provided evidence that TCDD decreases resistance to numerous viruses. Numerous viruses. RSV, whatever's out there. <laughs> or or if, you, if you're in that mindset, none of these things. And the, then you can try to factor in what you think that means in the context of misunderstanding to germ theory. But it says TCDD could induce an exacerbation of latent infection produced by HIV, CMV or Epstein, Epstein-Barr virus. All these things we talked about with the overlap of COVID and all these different things. It's very interesting. TCD exposure, TCDD exposure may act as an additional risk factor in promoting of viral diseases. I mean, I just can't think we can, I don't think we can miss something that on the nose. Think about that. Now here is a couple of other examples. So this one was from 2000 or 2017 in February. This goes back to 2008. 
Same kind of point, TCDD, but talking about bovine herpes virus. Now, weird, we've seen a lot of the herpes overlap with COVID and the injections as well, but it just simply says the same point. Dioxins often cause immunosuppression and might render the animal liable to viral infections. Viral infections are, are able to alter the pattern of dioxin distribution. That's interesting. In different organs of the exposed animals. So now you have a different direction where now the viral infection actually increases the, I guess, the distribution of the dioxin around your body. That, this seems like they work together in a very alarming way. Huh? Here is 2005, going back further. And this is the one we just talked about. This is important because of the two things. One, about how it shows how not only this, that this specific dioxin can be and has already been used as a chemical weapon. So think about that in the context of what's going on. But also the fact that the, what it shows that it can do is what we're seeing happen to people in this town right now. Now, this is from 2005. The recent attempts to poison Ukrainian president Viktor Yushchenko with dioxins, which is a, it's very easy to look up. This is a public discussion. Now, the argument is insinuated that it was Russia, of course. But there, again, I personally, I doubt that based on the dynamic. But, you know, it's certainly possible. It says dioxins exhibit high acute toxicity in various animal species. Humans, however, are considered less susceptible. And so far, there were no reported deaths following acute dioxin poisoning. Now, I find that almost impossible to believe based on what we know in their current evaluations. However, based on this understanding in 2005, I find it an interesting overlap to today, which is what I said last time. Let's just say you were trying to find something that would exacerbate the viral infection side or whatever, but not necessarily kill everybody. Well, this seems like it's right on the nose. Humans, however, considered less susceptible. Never, apparently no reported deaths with the, with a high level of problems. But guess what it does do? Numerous adverse health effects are attributed to this kind of exposure. Most prominent, acute acne form eruption, chloranacne, usually appearing on the face and the skin or facial skin. That's what we're seeing. I, I mean, God, that I would bet my, I bet that's what it was. Other long-term deleterious effects of dioxin include immunosuppression, effects on reproduction, impairments in developmental, neurological, and cognitive functions in infants. We've already seen neurological examples in animals. Increased risk for diabetes and cardiovascular diseases and various hormonal, hormonal alterations. I mean, that just, that's like the injection itself, it seems. It's like the perfect overlap. Dioxins manifest their toxicity in extremely low concentrations. Now, that's where we're going next after the animal part. And remember where we're what we're going to see and understand that like um, uh, the 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 uh, capolino ex the expert's name was capolino that is on his substack discussed the lifetime safe dose you take one aspirin normal aspirin pill you chop that aspirin pill into 32 million pieces one of those pieces is a lifetime safe dose for you think about that now th and wait till we get into what we're dealing with here I mean, we already know that we're talking about hundreds of thousands of gallons here. Now it says, <clears throat> until now, there is no an anti antidotal cure for dioxins, but most symptomatic treatment combined with techniques, but only symptomatic treatment combined with techniques that accelerate its excretion rate from the body. So basically increase the rate at which it hurts you and goes through its process. But by the way, if we have to ship this stuff to areas where they specially deal with this and it still is a problem, I find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to get this out of your body. Now, we just talked about this here. This is and I, I don't have to play it again, but I, I recommend you listen to this. This is the one I just played it last night. I spoke with the, the executive director of Columbiana County Humane Society, Teresa McGuire, who was cited by USA Today and plenty of others as reporting 20 families who were reporting what they said was vinyl chloride poisoning. 
What I found interesting is apparently USA Today, USA Today can't even reach out to her like I did because I reached out to her. I mean, let me let me just I might as well. It's only three minutes. Let me play this real quick so you guys can hear what she said because this is important. This is this is the executive director telling you what she's seeing on the ground. And think about how much this contract contrasts what we're being told even today. Hi, this is Ryan Christian with T-Lab Media. Um, I'm calling to try to get a hold of Teresa McGuire. Is she available? This is Teresa. Hi, Teresa. This is Ryan Christian. Uh, do you have a moment to speak with me? I do. I just wanted to clarify a couple of things. Uh, there's been some reports from USA Today regarding vinyl chloride poisoning of animals at your facility. Well, it's, not I just at our facility, but with uh, people that we're helping that are in the East Palestine community, yes. Correct. Okay, I just wanted to clarify about the, the – so this was a confirmed test, or this was just people calling and reporting this to you? These are people calling in reporting and with uh, vet reports stating that uh, suspicion of poisoning. There's no actual test for vinyl chloride poisoning. So, but- so that's important, right? So that means USA Today apparently didn't even do its own due diligence, which is just maybe on purpose. But her point is that we are seeing vets saying, yes, this is indicative of poisoning but that there's no specific vinyl chloride test for something like that, which is interesting. But either way, it gets worse. The point is we do know that animals by the veterinarian diagnosis is saying, yes, this is, we're seeing signs of poisoning and it's in this perfect little radius right around the, you know, and it gets, it's less and less as you go out, but it's still happening far outside the area. They tell you is, you know, the area where it once was dangerous, but now they're telling you everything is safe. It's happening all over the place but they are having symptoms uh, related to poisoning. They're being treated as such and showing uh, getting better. So that means these vets are making the diagnosis that they are being poisoned and then treating them for being poisoned. That's pretty clear. For the most part. Not all are getting better, but but some are. Well, that's great news. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, well, is there anything else that you're noticing during these tests? I mean, I'm calling I'm, I'm calling on behalf of people from Ohio that have been reaching out to try to find out, you know, the breadth of the problem. And so right. from, from what you're seeing, is there any indication that there's a larger problem that's being discussed or that there's still an ongoing problem? There's still an ongoing problem. And could you elaborate on that for me? Uh, this was two days ago, by the way. So this person who is seeing this, who's doing their own research on the animals, are telling you there's it's still a problem and they're still getting sick. I mean, I don't need to stress this point. I think we've all we've proven this, in my opinion. But just to hear it for those that are, you know, rightly so questioning what what we're discussing. Uh, Well, we're still uh, getting calls of animals being sick, not returning to themselves, having uh, mild neurological symptoms, uh, still not really having much of an appetite throwing up a white foamy substance after they drink water, um, those types of things. We've not heard of any that have been, uh, other than the initial, there was two cats and a dog that I know uh, recommended for euthanasia, so they did have to do that, but that was early on. Um, Now we're just seeing more of the sickness and uh, lethargy uh, type of symptoms that Mm -hmm. seem to be lingering. Lingering. A month what, afterward. What's the farthest that you've gotten reports of this? Uh, from, from the, I would say we've, we've gotten reports all the way three hours away. Three hours? But in, in reality, one... So what do you think that is? How many miles away is that, would you guys guess? I mean, it's, it's an estimation based on you know how fast you're going. But what do you think three hours away would be? Right? Because remember, we, we saw reports from the corporate media in the beginning. 
As, as usual, these things will slip out when the local reports will be done, and then they pull back on everybody's reins. But they early they said, well, 40 miles away, they were smelling chemical smells when they burned this. There's no one misunderstanding that. 40 miles away. And as the expert said, we just played, that if you smell it, you're, you've been contaminated. So interesting, right? But so what, what do you, just give me in the chat, what do you think three hours away would be in miles? That we would sail away three hours away. But in, in reality, ones that we would say may be related to the incident are within a 10-mile radius. 10 okay. miles. That's good to know. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Is there anything else you'd think that the people of Ohio would like to know about what you're seeing there? Wow. Uh, no, the only thing I highly recommend is a lot of people are calling in. People in the chat are saying that's potentially 150 to 200 miles away. My God. Now, that's just reports. But, I mean, really think about that. If that's what's happening, think about the breadth of that problem. And they haven't even tested for dioxins yet. With these symptoms, and that's great. We want to keep track of that. We want to keep a record of all this. But Mm -hmm. please, no matter what, whether you think it's related or not, if your animal is acting off, go to the vet. Right. That's good good advice. Well, I appreciate your time. And thank you for what you're doing. You're giving people at least somewhere to to go for help so thank you appreciate yeah, that thank you so much thank you and i mean that not just in the sense that she's a vet but she's there right i mean she's essentially staying in the area that could potentially be a problem to give people a place to go right like i mean like it's just i i give her it's a lot of credit there that's courage you know and, and even more so dealing with the animals that might in themselves be contaminated you know it's like they're, they're, why, that's the kind of thing that we, we we lie to ourselves and pretend the government does for us right no that's what people do for people the government likes to take credit for those things the sad reality of this though is that i mean everything she's saying is directly contradicting that i just used this image of the guy they interviewed with his foxes and so on right the everything she's saying is completely contradicting what we're being told and that's i mean that's not just evidence it's proof there are animals that have been diagnosed with poisoning and we're acting like we, and right now they're still telling you, no, aquatic, no, nothing but aquatic animals. Now, remember, this was, uh, I forget the guy's name. He was from Real America Voice. I think he said it in here, didn't he? No. I, I opened the wrong one. I think this was, oh, wait, is this him actually? Is it Ben? Yeah, maybe this is Ben, Ben Bergquam, Bergquam. Not familiar, but from Real America Voice. He's the one that found three deer dead, all, like in, in a really close area around the river. And and their eyes hadn't been eaten. They hadn't been eaten by it. Poked at, manipulated. Which again is it's an that's an important point that they they haven't been picked at. They've been clearly been there for a minute, and no animals have messed with them. Which is not what happens in nature. The the birds will come down and pick its eyes out, which is common, right? I mean, this is and so just a point is is this is this how far away this is happening? Is this still going going? And the point is, as we can prove, some of it's related. Here's the kind of thing you're actually getting from some of these outlets. We're right back in COVID land. Mysterious illness and dead animals plague Ohio. We're baffled. <laughs> We're baffled. We don't know what's happening. It just happens to be after the train derailment. We let a lot of chemicals out, but it's mysterious. My God, I just can't even. I just, it's kind of silly, right? But here we have, and alongside these kind of discussions, we have the state parks in Ohio reporting animals dying in their parks. But well, we can't. We, we're, we're baffled. We're confused. The EPA have ensured. Air monitoring and water samples test show everything is under control. Whatever that means. Safe? I don't know. Under control. But is it? Poses the question from Zero Hedge. Reporter Hannah Poling said a confidential source told her. Now, again, that right there, that means that you should take that with a grain of salt. We can't prove what they said, which means we can't prove their claims. But we, but it's a, 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 the local reporter from Ohio 
has a source telling her this information. So take that for what you will. Told her that wildlife biologist and consultant for the federal forestry received hundreds of reports over the last several days from forestry workers discovering, quote, hundreds of dead animals in Ohio parks. That is chilling. Several labs across the country have received specimens of whole milk, whole minks, deer, elk, worms, and liver livers of such animals, and they are finding toxicities that are off the charts, according to this source. Which, by the way, lines up with exactly what we're seeing and confirming with other veterinarians. So I don't think this is that far-fetched. But the point is that they, if this is true, they know this is hurting a lot of animals, and they're clearly hiding this from us. These highly toxic levels are the exact chemicals that were released from East Palestine. Wayne National Forest and Shawnee State Forest in Ohio are downriver from East Palestine and are two parks where samples are from. Wow. Of course, they, we, I don't know why they actually point this out. They, they mention this as if it bolsters their point, but they say the BBC reported nearly 45,000 animals have died, but in that article, they make it very clear, only aquatic animals. No evidence. That's the same report I just showed you yesterday. No evidence of any, uh, what they say, you know, land animals. I forget the term they use. So, you know, I guess they missed that when they read it. But the point is that that's clearly not 45,000 animals. They're talking about minnows. That's meant to manipulate the topic as far as I'm concerned. Because when they wrote that article, there was a lot of evidence, in fact, proof that it, some animals, probably a lot more than we know about, have in fact died. The source also told the Ohio Star that Governor DeWine attempted to block scientists from entering state parks. Interesting point. The governor and the railroad were blocking scientists from getting soil samples in East Palestine, but they were able to still grab some for testing. Likewise, the soils are highly contaminated. The soil, the source claims that the Ohio governor only uses his own handpicked scientists, just like with COVID, to give him the results he wants. Quote, it is heartbreaking to me that politicians like DeWine make an issue like this political. Well, that's all they do. I mean, it shouldn't be heartbreaking. It's it's pretty common it should i mean it's heartbreaking regardless if it's common but it is common it should not be it, sh it they, the quote continues he should be doing all he can to protect people animals and the environment and not just cover his own behind what's well, all they ever do guys we this is not even it's, this is very common after the burn quote some residents say they have been diagnosed with bronchitis lung issues and rashes that doctors and nurses suspect are linked to the chemical exposure these are doctors saying this guys how are we pretending this isn't happening that's the Ohio Star reporting that. Now, he, he, the, the list of demands being put forward by the, by the local people, one of which is the EPA must immediately begin and continue to test soil and water and air, including for dioxins. Think about how ridiculous it is that the only reason this seems to have suddenly become a, a, a forced point where the EPA demands they start testing is because the people, the average Ohioan people stepped up and said, do that, EPA, to the EPA. The, the very agency that's supposed to know, that does know about all this, that does have all the scientific background and research and credentials, and yet just waited for them to be told by the average people because they likely watch our shows and said, why aren't you doing this? I mean, guys, that's criminal. This is, they are, be, they're barely doing what they're supposed to a month late because they got caught. That's how I feel like this looks. Here's, it gets even worse, guys. This is, this is incredible to me. This is from March 1st. Labor unions say East Palestine cleanup site workers are falling ill two days ago. So we've got people cleaning up the area where apparently kids were just playing, according to Aaron Brockovich. And they're getting sick a month later. But let's pretend like it's all fine. 
Rail, railroad union leaders are claiming that rail workers, obviously they're in their union or they probably wouldn't speak up about it, are, fa- are falling ill at the site of the East Palestine toxic freight train derailment, according to a letter sent to a government officials on Wednesday. The union that represents workers on Norfolk Southern Railroad, the rail operator of the train that derailed, are, is claiming that workers at the site right now are getting sick with, quote, migraines and nausea and are not being provided necessary protective equipment. So not only is just proving that, yes, there's still obviously a problem, likely probably why Norfolk Southern didn't want to show up to that meeting before and actually said that it wasn't safe and let us think they meant the people. Maybe they didn't. Either way, this means that they're not only doing that, but they're not even giving these people that they're making go there who work for them the proper equipment to keep them safe. Think about how how disgusting that is. I mean, I guess you could argue that Norfolk Southern just doesn't know. I, I find it impossible to believe. The ARSF claimed that Norfolk Southern, which is the American Rail System Federation, claimed that Norfolk Southern was not providing personal protective equipment, including respirators, rubber overboots, rubber gloves, to the workers dealing with the spilled chemicals as part of the company's cost-cutting business model. When some of the NA, the, the workers inquired about the appropriateness of their personal protective equipment and the safety of their working conditions, they would receive little or no response from the officials from Norfolk Southern. So they speak up and go, we're getting sick, help us. They don't even respond. A Norfolk Southern said, no, a Norfolk Southern said in an email, that's weird, a statement, oh, in an email statement, excuse me, that the company was, quote, on scene immediately after the derailment and coordinated our response with hazardous material professionals. There you go, including the EPA, despite them seemingly lying about that, who were on site continuously to ensure the work area was safe to enter and the required PPE was utilized. All in addition to air monitoring that was established within an hour. Okay. So what they're basically saying is we did what we were supposed to. Stop complaining. But the point is people aren't getting it now. Now understand, even the way this article tries to make it sound, it makes it sound like they're out there scooping up chemicals with their hands. Realize that if these people were out there literally dealing with chemicals on the ground, they would not be even allowed to deal with this without PPE. What's actually happening here is cleaning up the area. They're dealing with the area as well as the community. And these are people working just around with the rail, with the company, union workers. And they are getting sick. Headaches, nausea. I I don't know how this is being suppressed. Safety is always our number one priority, says Norfolk Southern. And it reminds us the importance of ensuring no industry can put its profits over the safety of its worker. You got to love the lip service, right? As they seem to actively do the opposite. Well, let's talk about the actual level of problem here here's a report from the epa from 1998 the united states environmental protection agency washington dc april 13th 1998 approach for addressing dioxin in soil clearly clearly something they haven't studied right because they, they have no idea what the base to compare it to is right that will they'll tell you today well here's just the background section this is just so i don't lose it in case i lose my spot Background. To date, EPA has generally selected one part per billion, one part per billion, as a cleanup level for dioxin in residential soils. Okay, what are we missing here? Like that, that, that right there, done. They're lying. They have it on the record that their they're already decided level is one part per billion. And if they find that, that requires residential soils to be cleaned up at Superfund and RCRA cleanup sites where dioxin is a principal contaminant of concern at the facility. 
the bottom line is that what this is generally discussing is accidents that like, you know, because back then, I mean, in general, the point is they predominantly find these at, you know, big industrial plants, which are knowingly producing byproducts of dioxins. And they just, we don't get told, guys, this has obviously been a problem for a while. But the idea here is the one part per billion. And they're saying that's the level. EPA has also, to date, generally selected a cleanup level for dioxin within the range of five parts per billion to 20 parts per billion for specifically commercial industrial soils. Because remember, they're talking about, in this case, residential. So let's just say you have a town that gets influenced by it. They deal with that much differently. They say, well, that's one part per billion because people are there. They love to write down they care, right? <laughs> Doesn't seem to translate. But in, in direct like commercial areas where this happens, they're talking five to 20 parts per billion, which I don't know why that would be that different. If one's dangerous, one's dangerous. But it says, uh, same thing, and it says the levels at that EPA has selected at these sites are protective of human health. So it's pretty clear they're telling you we pick one part per billion residential soils because that's keeping you safe and the environment. Based on presently available information in 1998, the using standard default assumptions for reasonable maximum exposure scenarios, the upper bound lifetime excess cancer risk from residential exposure to concentration of one part per billion dioxin is approximately 2.5 times 10 to the fourth power. I believe that's what it is. If it is at a minus or to minus, the, oh, that's interesting. I'm not, I'm not, let me know in the chat. Is that, is that, would that be considered the fourth power if it's negative four? Is that the opposite direction? I don't think I've ever seen that before. Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm just missing what that means. In any case, the point is they're still talking about the concentration of one part per billion, which is at the higher end of the range of excess cancer risks that are generally acceptable at Superfund sites. Why is it even in the point that there is a generally acceptable risk of cancer? Understand that means there is a level, a low level risk, but it's an acceptable level of risk. I don't think that's okay. I don't want an acceptable level of cancer risk for my children. But this is how this game is played. So think about that as this goes forward. So, and this, this is in regard to the cancer part of that. But so the point again, one part per billion. The calculated upper bound excess cancer risk associated with a lifetime commercial industrial exposure to five parts per billion or the lower end of the range recommended is approximately 1.3 times 10 minus whatever that is, fourth power minus four. So the bottom line, again, that you have a seemingly a higher risk depending on the, I, I forget, I forget what the, no, the, the way they compare these are talking about the, the different levels of how they deal with this, depending on certain, again, this is the document here talking about the approach for addressing this in the soil, depending on where it happens and how. That's why they're giving you the different breakdowns, depending on which it is. And again, I still don't make, I, I think it should be dealt with the same no matter where it is, don't you? Seeing as how people still deal with these different areas. But going on, it says, it should be noted that there is more difficulty in generalizing about the cancer risk associated with these cleanup levels than there is with residential or com com commercial compared to residential, explaining why it's different, due to the greater variability in exposures associated with commercial industrial scenarios. Accordingly, the, constellation, the consultation process for Superfund sites referred to referred in the implementation section of this directive should be used to ensure the selection of appropriate protective backs and levels at commercial industrial sites. Similarly, for RCRA corrective action sites, please refer to the implementation section of this directive. So this is standing. They're, and they're working on, this is actually important, they're presently in 1998 working on a comprehensive reassessment of the, the toxicity of dioxins. 
So why is it right now that we're acting like we're so confused at the beginning? Well, it took a month to even bring it up. Clearly, there's something that's being downplayed here. So that's the first part. So we're talking about one part per billion of dioxin in residential soils being where they argue that necessitates cleanup. Okay, here is the EPA risk assessment for dioxin Superfund sites. This was last updated July 7th, 2022, which I find interesting seeing as how they're pointing at reports that come from 2012, I believe. Yeah, 2012. So what it's interesting, it's updated kind of recently. So I just that's interesting. Look into that if you'd like. On February 17th, 2012, they released the, the publishing an oral non-cancer toxic value for specifically TCDD in their integrated risk information system. I'm going to read a couple of these parts to show you what they're discussing on this risk. Well, actually, let me see. These weren't that important. The main parts of what's below, but it's basically saying this report in 2012, it's specifically the cancer overlap. It will be used to develop site-specific risk-based cleanup levels. I think my main point with highlighting this was just to show you they clearly are aware of the risk. They're clearly aware that it's needed in these exact situations, that cleanup is necessitated, and that they have to be on guard for this. I mean, just with how much work is out there around preparation, the fact that this wasn't talked about for a month, I think is just as obvious as it gets. Yeah, it's saying that the dioxin-contaminated sites cleanup based on this report expected to need additional cleanup when the new EPA cancer val- uh, report comes out, which is strange. So they're going, well, we need a mo- we're probably going to need more cleanup. It's expected once we do the new report. So saying that even this is downplayed, essentially, was the implication. What are the, not maybe intentionally, but just that they wrote this discovering that it's worse. What are the soil dioxin screening levels, soil dioxin preliminary recommend remediation goals using this, you know, report? Again, same point. Why they wouldn't do this in the beginning when they clearly have even plans and outlines and processes around how they're supposed to do this. But this part. Oh, wait, no, it was the next one. Or is it this one? It's not important. I might have gotten rid of it. I was going over a lot of stuff today. In any case, the next one. Now, this is the same one of the reports they link to here in this report. And this is about the toxicity equivalence. Now, this is about making sure we understand that the one the one we're actually dealing with, TCDD, not only are dioxins the most pr- problematic chemicals we know of, but specifically T- TCDD is the worst of all of the worst. And that's what we're dealing with here. Now, just to break it down on equivalence factors, TCD is, is one at the top of the list. And, you, and we can go all the way down to the bottom of the least. This is still a dioxin. Still considered some of the most to- toxic chemicals we know of, but compared to the one at the top, which we're dealing with, that's considered 0.00001 to the one that is the TCDD. That's the equivalence. So just so we're understanding the true level of what we're actually talking about, and they know all of this, right? This is their report. And then interestingly enough, this report seems to, oh, this was, this is, I think what it was right here. Yeah, that, this is the one, the one I was looking for at the bottom. I highlighted this down here. So I was trying to find this one report that it references right here, or it did. Oh, it got un- unhighlighted, I guess. This part right here. Exposure and human health reassessment for TCDD, year 2000. So they did the reassessment. They came out with the reassessment. And weirdly enough, when you try to look for it directly based on this, oh, weird. Look, the report is unavailable at this time. Interesting. No updated date on that one. The point is it's talking about, and I do have it. I found it on a different different location, estimating exposure to dioxin-like compounds. Now, why would that not be there? 
Why, why would that be gone? The record's gone? You you think for yourself, but on a different a different way to access this on seemingly some weird back uh you know you can tell by the way this looks it's like an older version estimating exposure to dioxin like compounds. Now I found a few things I thought were very relevant. Now we're still building to the one part per billion point. I'm just showing you my work here so you guys can see how to walk through these things and how why how you know why we should keep looking further and further and further. And you know it takes things like this where you come to the bottom of these and pick what you know look through their source material, find those PDFs and go from there. It's you know this is why it's almost intentionally complicated to, to suss these things out sometimes. Background summary, mechanisms and formation of dioxin-like compounds and combustion sources, the main things. Now, this one is about soot and ash studies. Specifically, just to make, to make clear, we just talked yesterday about how people's farms, according to even corporate media at the time, were engulfed in that cloud. Like that there was literally smoke around there, but as well as the fact that people had just soot falling from the cloud that covered their farm as well or their houses. Okay, so what we're talking about is soot and ash. Like this, this report in its in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, you. I recommend you look at. There's a lot of these reports that are important. This one, because you can see, it talks about uncontrolled combustion. That's what we're talking about, guys. As much as they, I think there's a reason they really stressed the idea that it was a controlled burn, despite the very definition not being what that was, as the experts told us. Because if you're not controlling the flow of oxygen, it's not a controlled burn, which is why we saw all of the smoke. Because there was too much oxygen. Now, you can read this as well, where it gets into the, what we're talking about. That this, it, that this is more problematic. But my main point here is about the soot and ash produced from it. Now, it's saying that the, the main part here was simply that it gets into the, the amounts. The combustion experiments yielded, now CDD, as in TCDD, and CDF are the dioxin variations. Concentrations in soot of, <clears throat> remember UG being microgram, 110 micrograms, and the TEQ is the, the, the equivalence between the, I forget what it stands for off, off the top of my head. It was the, basically the comparison to how concerning this is to other things. Let me see if they have it explained in here. Doesn't have it listed. Let me just do this. Q, EPA. Toxicity, that's what it is, toxic equivalency factor, or TEQ would be toxicity equivalence. So just so we understand what that's talking about. So that's what basically what they're saying is the toxicity equivalence. So 110 micrograms per kilogram. So that's important. And I, right now, my point is, guys, we are way past that. I mean, and the point is, this gets into what we're, what they're reporting on much smaller examples of burn, you know, burning and things in incinerators at a plant, as opposed to hundreds of thousands of gallons being burned at the same moment in one location. So that's one thing. So we know that the, the level, and I'll show you, remember the number, because this becomes more relevant as we go. Actually, I have a couple things here showing you just specifically that this is the exact breakdown of at least what they tell us. I don't think, I, I would argue they're probably lying about this. 115,580 gallons of toxic vinyl chloride. And remember, they burned more than just that. Or rather, there was more leaking and burns that overlapped with that, according to Drom and plenty of other people. But just, let's just take at face value what they tell you was the amount of toxic of, of vinyl chloride. 115,000 gallons, right? Well, that, the, it, well uh, oh, actually, hold on. This is, I'm getting, I'm like mixing this all up as I went forward. So that translates <laughs> to 964 pounds and, and some change. 
I'll come back to that as well. So that that is your pound number right there of how much was in the tanks of vinyl chloride. That amounts to 437,517,000 4, kilograms. Now, that's just the amount in total, right? But then you burn that, right? And all of that ash and all of that soot that flies up into the, in the sky, right? And we come back and you can see pretty clearly, in my opinion, that the amount we're talking about, micrograms, very tiny. Remember, micrograms is the point we're making about the masks and COVID-19. About point, about what was it? I think it was, I, I, I don't want to guess again. I'm on my mind somewhere else. The point being is, you know, at single digits, but we're up at 110 micrograms per kilogram. Are we going to debate that we're 110 micrograms and all that we saw in the sky? I think it's pretty obvious we're past that number. And their point is, past that is the the danger, you know, the level for risk. But then we have the previous disaster, at least one of them we wanted, I want to show you about this, comparing the amount as well. The Savisto disaster resulted in the highest known at the time exposure of TCDD in residential populations. I argue with this as beating that. This accident was ranked eighth in a list of the worst man-made environmental disasters in the world. Here was the report about that exact disaster in 1976. And this was because of an explosion, a, a chemical explosion factor at a factory. It caused a runaway chemical reaction that resulted in the release of an aerosol cloud, like we're talking about, that included... Uh, all, I mean, they list off all the chemicals. The point is that it had an estimated 15 to 30 kilograms of TCDD over an 18 square kilometer area. Again, that's not, we're not even debating. That is, we're, we're talking that level is tight, that, that small level with what we know has actually been used or burned. I think it's a no brainer that we are past the level of this. And this is considered, or to this one right here, the eighth worst man made environmental disaster. So let's talk about what their own EPA documents point out specifically burning vinyl chloride as an emission source. This is the same, we're talking about the same uh, document. That was just looking at the back, in regard to the, the back. Oh, I know this, this is actually a different one, but all these stem back to the same uh, location that I was just showing you. All these links and so on to come from there. It's another EPA document on the background and summary of all of this work. And this is important. It shows you that vinyl chloride is a quant, it's quantifiable does create the formation of dioxins. Like, this isn't debate. Like we, I, don't, I don't think I need to make that clear. We've got plenty of experts on the record making that undeniably clear, and I've got a research article about it making that clear as well. But the EPA knows this, and it's on their own website. Yes, we know this. Then, and again, so I didn't lose it, we have this one, where it talks about how much, when burning... Dioxide, you know, uh, uh, chlorinated products, how much it actually translates into specifically TCDD. That is important to me because of how very alarming, how serious, the, it's the worst of the worst of the worst. Now it says, in combustion source emissions, that's what we're talking about, TCDD is usually 0.1 to 1% of total dioxins because it's byproducts, right? The exception to this are stack emissions from industrial oil-fired uh, boilers where the, where, where the available but limited data indicate TCDD constitutes an average of 7% of total emissions. Now, I think that's the level that we're at because of the way that this was done, the way that was burned. Either way, we're talking about an alarming amount of, of the worst of the worst. In how much was burned, whether it's 1% or 7%, 
That's concerning to me. And this isn't up for debate. Now, here's where it gets really important to me. This is from the Japan Times. Vinyl chloride most toxic when burned. A study finds in, where was the date again? The year 2000. So why is this even being debated? Not because this one study ends it all, but because the point is, I hope clear by now, they know all of this. Not only that vinyl chloride specifically is like the worst possible example, and that's the, this is the point. Out of everything that could have been done, this is like the one thing that makes the worst level of then the worst level of dioxins. Like you couldn't have made a worse chemical disaster. And maybe they did. Maybe, they, that's, maybe this was because they made this happen. Certainly something we should ask. A recent experiment has found that three types of plastic vinyl chloride produce out of three types of plastic, that of three types of plastic, vinyl chloride produces the largest amount of dioxin when burned. And non-plastic substances produce more dioxin when burned with chlorine compounds. So now we have the actual point that not only did they burn vinyl chloride, which happens to be the possibly worst possible creator of dioxins, which produces the worst kind of dioxin, but then on top of that, that it was burned with other things. As we already saw, there were other things leaking. There were other things contaminated this, as well as just stuff that was probably on the ground. Because we know they didn't put any kind of thing on the ground. They didn't put anything down to block it. It says the test was conducted by a research group formed jointly, jointly by Gifu Prefectural Institute of Health and Environmental Sciences and the National Institute for Environmental Studies. The results were announced Tuesday in the year 2000 to an environmental science conference in Sapporo. The experiment measured the amount of the most poisonous dioxin found in a cubic meter of gas emitted from the burning. Measurements were in nanograms, each being one billionth of a gram. So remember, we're talking one part per billion is their argument. And this is where it gets into where you can break down. And again, why nobody, not the EPA, not Norfolk Southern, not the media, not the government have stepped up and done this. In any way, even tried to give you an assessment of what might have been created. It says vinyl chloride produced 16 nanograms of dioxin per cubic meter. The highest amount of the three plastics, the point being the rest of them were less. Okay, so let's just take that before we even go forward. 16 nanograms, or actually, it's, let's just read the rest of this. But remember, 16 nanograms, and I'll leave that up, per cubic meter. The numbers increased when the plastics were incinerated together. So assuming, like if you have polyethylene or some other level of plastic that was on the ground or whatever, that dramatically increases the amount of dioxins created. When vinyl chloride and the polyethylene were mixed, the amount rose to 19 nanograms. The same tendency was observed when non-plastic substances were added. So that means anything, the grass, for example, newspapers soaked in the ta- in table salt or burned with vinyl, e- with vinyl each produced more than 30 nanograms of dioxin. Newspaper alone, by comparison, produced a mere 0.17 nanograms. The researcher concluded that even seemingly innocuous materials like newspaper can increase the dioxin produced when burned with compounds containing chlorine. Now, maybe not grass. I'm just throwing out something else that's not what they said, just not plastics. But regardless, the point is non-problematic things that might have also been there as well as other chemicals. So we know there were other chemicals and we know that this was done in a really haphazard way. So was that done to maximize the the 
output of dioxins? Or was this just the most malfeasant, clumsy, incompetent, irresponsible action done in environmental history? The researchers concluded that even seemingly innocuous materials, the finding is also highlights the importance of separating garbage before it's incinerated. In recent years, manufacturers cut back on the vinyl chloride because the following reports that it produces large amounts of dioxin when burned. So it's very clear they knew about all of this, right? I think that's pretty obvious. So to finish with this, here is the amount, 115,000 gallons. That equals 964,561 pounds, okay? And that was for the other point, but then 115,580 gallons, which is what they're arguing, translates to 0.4 cubic meters. Okay, so remember, the argument in this discussion is about... 16 nanograms per cubic meter. That's what it produces, right? One part per billion is the day is, is the day is where they are. They feel they are, they're obligated to do something about that. And don't forget in general that the actual risk for a lifetime human dose was one aspirin pill cut into 32 million pieces. I don't even know what that even becomes in the amount. It's so tiny. And one of those pieces is the lifetime safe dose for you. So we're not talking about just what's safe for you. We're just talking about what the EPA deems what they need to do something about. And I'm just simply proving to you that they know it's more than that. Okay. So this is the report they did about what it produces. We know that we have essentially 0.43 cubic meters that was burned. Okay. So that doing the math on that, it ends up being about seven, seven nanograms. Okay. Which is the, which was the term, right? Or the, uh, nanograms so seven nanograms and it's pretty obvious to think that if it's one to one one part per billion is one nanogram well that's what they're telling you right there so that means that we're talking about seven parts per billion now look this is just me trying to piece this together with the information that seems pretty readily available now you tell me if i got this wrong you tell me where we're missing something as far as i can tell if we're talking seven parts not seven parts per billion and remember, we're not talking about something that dissipates in the air. We're talking about something that clings to the, the, the particles like dust and everything else and then settles back down and is a persistent organic pollutant that can last decades, if not longer. And, it, and, and we're talking about that entire area at the level which burned being at seven parts per billion. Which is seven times the amount they're telling you is, is, is acceptable for cleaning up. And even that on top of it, remember, they're telling you that one part per billion was for residential, but five parts per billion was for commercial. We're past the commercial level at this point, based on the metrics we were seeing, based on the fact that if, if assuming the study's metrics were correct about what, ask yourself why we have to find this and they can't tell you themselves, EPA, the government, it seems pretty clear that we are at seven parts per billion, that we are over the amount that makes sense. We are over the amount that is supposed to be safe for you. I mean, guys, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous how obvious this is. Now, even if my math is incorrect, let's say, which I don't, it seems pretty obvious to me. The reality of what we're seeing, the people getting sick, the animals dying, the fact that they're only just now even talking about testing for dioxin, something's amiss here. Now, one thing I want to add before we possibly lose power again is that there's conversations, and rightly so, being put out there saying, well, you know, maybe dioxin was put out just because it's it's not what this is doing and it's meant to distract us from something else. That's a very fair point to make. But I don't see the evidence for that, but I'm open to hear those kind of arguments. That's something that was just newly put in front of me like this morning. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. My first thought in the beginning was, you know, 
that the whole vinyl chloride and the act of burning it was such an obvious bad choice. And it was so clearly the one thing they knew would make the problem. The question is, why did they do that? What else were they trying to cover up with this created disaster that happened in the 10 day period? Nobody talked about what was going on there. Just something I asked in the very beginning. I think it's a fair point to make. Either way, question it all. Question whether the entire thing we're talking about is the, the manipulation and we're missing something else. But regardless, as always, arguing from within their narrative, it shows you that even if they're, they're still being caught lying to you in their own narrative, they're still being caught downplaying what historically we know the level is while we're watching this play out based on what their information says. And that could be manipulated. It could be wrong. Either way, it's classically obvious that this is what they do and what they're still doing. And people are being hurt right now. From whatever, who knows what we're talking about, but people are being hurt. Animals are dying. People are getting sick. Aaron Brockovich talks about people with documented holes in their throat from chemical exposure that the doctors discussed. And I can personally approve, uh, confirm the veterinarian, veterinarian I spoke to who said, or rather the executive director, who said it's still ongoing and reports as much as seven hours away. Or was it three, three hours away? Obviously, there's a problem, guys. So keep sharing the information and keep doing all you can to get this in front of everybody. Now, the reason I didn't end up doing the show I was going to plan on doing about Ukraine and everything else is just because of what you just saw. And it was probably going to be a longer show and I'm going to get off quickly before we lose power again. But I will be talking about this. There's a very important topic in, in regard to what's going on right now in, in Bakhmut and, and the whole of uh, the this Russian group that defected, but it's now in Ukraine. And it's like, I, to me, this screams operation or project aerodynamic vanilla ISIS, the whole thing they've been trying to blame that clearly stems back to the CIA and growing this entity. But it's still, I'm still just going through the data. When I do the show, I'll have more to say about it, but thank you for being here guys. Continue to share, continue to fight. I love you all. As always question everything, come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.